We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. We are going to go ahead and jump right in. Thank you, musicians. We're going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, If this is your first time at TMC, I want to inform you. And if this is not your first time, I want to remind you that we are a studious church. And we don't come to church for church's sake. And we don't treat the word um, like an entertainment session. And so with that, I'm going to ask you to please take notes today. Please take notes And then here's the part two of that. Go back home and look at your notes after you take them so that they're not just um, check the box kind of notes. Amen. So since you're taking notes, um, the first thing that you can write on the top of your note page is today's title, which is collect your resources. Collect your resources. And I'm going to give this to you all the same way that God gave it to me. And he started off with just the title. And as soon as he gave me, and I actually was in the middle of an um, elliptical workout um, when he gave me the title, Collect Your Resources. So I stopped and I pulled my phone out and wrote down the, the, the title um, and then proceeded to go back to working out. But as soon as he gave me the title, Collect Your Resources, I was immediately reminded of, I guess, between the ages of 10 and 13, when I used to love this video game called Tomb Raider. Y'all remember Tomb Raider? My sister's in the room. You remember Tomb Raider, late nights on Tomb Raider? You remember the PlayStation game? Um, That was the first PlayStation, not the PlayStations y'all have now, like the first PlayStation, um, simple mode. And Tomb Raider was the game. And it featured Lara Croft. And um, I wanted to be like you, Pastor Wanzel. So I was going to have a visual of Lara Croft, but she didn't exactly come dressed for church. So I said, let's not do that. Um, but she, I loved, I loved it because she had her little shorts on, her tank top, and her backpack. Before there was Dora, there was Lara. Um, she had her little backpack. And um, I particularly liked it because it was one of the first, if not the first, if not the first, one of the first like story mode games. And I liked it. It piqued my curiosity and it kept my interest because Laura was always going to these different destinations to collect things and to move about the different levels. And when she would go to these different destinations, she was very intentional about understanding the room that she was in, the board that she was, the board that we were on, and she would scan the room for different um, artifacts she needed to collect. Um, If there was a key in the room she needed to get it, she was scanning the room for that. Um, She was always fighting goons in the different rooms. I tell you, remember, they would come in the room and you would know that they were there because you would hear them before you see them. You hear like, uh, uh, uh. And then she was always fighting the goons in the room. And then even when she fought them, she would stand over their taken down body and she would collect like the ammo or collect something from them and she would add it to her backpack so she had it for her resources for later. So when he took me back to that, I said, okay, God, what are you saying? And he said, well, your life is story mode. Your life is a story. And it just so happens that I'm the author and finisher of your faith. 
and I've written this story. And I know that there, in every part of your story, that there are resources that you're supposed to be collecting. So we are now in the seventh month of the year. And God said to me in a very, um, very, I don't want to say stern tone, but very serious tone, that I'm fearful that my people are wasting time. And that because they don't see the purpose or the reason for every part of the story, they're wasting time. They're either wasting time or they're whining through the time when they're supposed to be winning in this time. And so I just want to park for a moment and have a conversation with you about the resources that you're supposed to be collecting. Because here's the thing about um, Tomb Raider. Lara Croft, she was very present and intentional in every single level that we went to, to include when we were at her house. Does anybody remember the game other than my sister? Is this like a, okay. You were into her mansion and you would be swimming around the pool and you had to be intentional there because you thought you were just swimming for swimming's sake, but then you get to the French Riviera and realize that you had to learn how to swim from how you practice. So there was always a reason for what you were doing. And God is fearful. And I am fearful that we have a group of people right now that are wasting time or winding through time because we don't understand that there is activity for us to be doing in every part of our story. Amen? Amen. So with that being said, um, the first um, thing I want to ask you to ask yourself is, and you don't have to answer out loud to me, am I present in this part of my story? Am I discerning, which means exercising good judgment? Am I, and I'm, am I being intentional with this part of the story? I am pausing for effect there, because I want you to actually think about that. Um, am I being present in this part of the story? Am I being discerning with this part of the story? And am I being intentional in exercising good judgment in this part of the story? We're going to go to um, James chapter 1 for some Bible. I'm not just going to preach um, Tomb Raider, although it will preach all by itself. Um, we're going to go to James chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 3. So I'll give you a moment to get there. I am actually in the Amplified version. I'm in the Amplified version. And for those of you who are looking for a nice study companion, the Amplified version is that. Um, it's a lot more wordy, but it breaks down the word and gives more context. So James chapter 1, starting at verse 3. I'm just going to read the first two verses. First Verses of that, three and four. So be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. So today's conversation is about our story. Today's conversation is about your story. Today's conversation is about all the different parts of the story that have meaning and that have purpose, even when they don't seem to have meaning or have purpose. So I want to read that again. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience 
produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. God would allow all of us to have some scenes of our story maybe last a little bit longer than we had hoped they would last. He would allow for certain parts of our story for this very reason, because it's through the experience that we're building our endurance, and it's through that endurance that we're going to get spiritual maturity and get the inner peace that's needed. And that endurance is going to give us a perfect result, and it's going to do a thorough work so that we can be perfect and completely developed in our faith, lacking in nothing. And I know that's not exactly what you probably wanted to hear, but endurance training requires that you withstand something for a period of time. A period of time that's probably longer than you would like for you to experience that. I'm thinking back to Tomb Raider, and there were some levels that I'm like, I've been on this level for a long time. It's one o'clock in the morning. We've been on this level for a long time. And that's where you start reaching for like cheat codes or how can we, how can we get past this level? Because I've been, I've been looking at these walls for a long time. I've been fighting these same goons for a long time. I've not, I don't lost battery and had to come back and I'm still on the same place where I left off for a long time. But every part of the story has a purpose. And every part of the story is working us towards that end result of being thorough and perfect and complete and completely developed in our faith, lacking nothing. This story of our lives requires endurance. God requires endurance. You cannot collect your resources if you are not willing to endure. If you get to the point where you are wasting time as God is concerned that we're doing, meaning that I'm just going to just wait the season out. I'm just going to wait it out. And if we get to the point where we're whining through it, meaning I'm just going to whine through the whole season, you are not in the correct posture to be able to be intentional with the moment that you're in. So if Laura sat there and she was like, I'm tired of being at... I'm tired of being in Rome. Rome was one of the places she went. I'm tired of being here. And so I'm just going to mark time here. I'm just not going to do anything. She would have missed the fact that in this particular moment, you're supposed to be gathering this. In this particular moment, you're supposed to be fighting this. In this particular moment, you're supposed to be contributing this. And I know that this isn't a popular message, and that's why I don't need any more amens than the two up front that I knew y'all would give me anyway. Um... Because it is, this, this is where we're at, y'all. And God is concerned that we are losing time because we are not interested in this particular part of the story. Ecclesiastes tells us, and you don't have to go there, but you can write it down, chapter 3, verses 1, that there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Ask yourself, am I completing the activities that coincide with my current season? Ask yourself, am I completing the activities that coincide with my current season? Because here's the thing, if you don't complete the activities that coincide with your current season, one, it may result in you staying in that season much longer than you need to. 
Because even God has an expiration date, but you can always, you know, wipe that off the milk and, you know, it'll say, you, you, you can make this last longer than it has to. But then also, if you're not doing the activities, and this is probably even more scary than just being idle, is that when you do advance to the next part, you'll be missing stuff. So the thing that I loved about Laura, which is why I was, I'm, I'm just curious, curious by nature, but I loved the game because it, it forced you to look at everything. Like, what's in that wall? Is that a trick door? And then you would go behind it, and it's like, that's the artifact I need. And then sometimes you didn't even know what that it was what you needed. You just put it in your backpack. And then you got to Venice and realized, I got that key from that other place, and then it opened the door that was in Venice. You know what I'm saying? So then I'm also nervous that because you're wasting time or winding through the time, that when you do get to the place where God says, okay, advance, go forward, you're going to get there and be ill-equipped because you will have not collected the things that you needed from the previous level that you were on. I meant to say at the top of this that some messages are meant to inspire, some to inform, some to instruct. This is to instruct. He's trying to help you, and he's trying to help me. He spent a lot of time with me on this word for a lot of, yeah. <laughs> The word materialized about two weeks ago, but the, but the lived experience is, is worth noting. But it's an instruction for us, y'all, okay? So um, then that begs the question, what am I supposed to be collecting? Because I'm there. I'm with you. I don't shook the sleep off. I can see, yes, y'all got the sleep out your eyes. You're good. I'm here. I'm present. So what am I supposed to be collecting? Well, I dabble in prophecy, but I'm not a prophet. And I'm definitely not a mind reader. And I'm definitely not God. So I cannot tell you what you are supposed to be getting from your particular moment in your story. Um, although I wish I could. This is where you're going to have to, after this message, and when you go back with your notes, ask God to clinically kind of walk you through, like, exactly what you're supposed to be getting from this part of your story for you individually. But good news is he did give me a couple of standard things that we should all be collecting at any part in our, in our story at any given time. So these are just, like, the standard things. So, like... Um, there was just some stuff you always knew to get from the room when you were Lara. You didn't always know about the, the key in the closet or the, the whatever underneath the stairs, but you, you fight a goon and you lay them out, you step over them, and she would do like this motion like, huh, and she would like go and pick it up, whatever gun they had. That was like a, that's a, that's a gimme. If they, let, if they fell to your feet, you pick up the gun that they had because now you have additional ammo. Now you have additional weaponry. Like those are the gimmies, the things you always get. Don't ever leave a room and leave a goon on the floor and leave him with his stuff. You always go and step over him and get his stuff and add that to your backpack. So that's what I'm going to give you all right now, the gimmies. These are the things you always should be doing, the resources you're always collecting regardless of who you are, how old you are, where you live, where you came from, who you married to. Amen? Amen. The first resources, and I have them as a pair, that you always want to collect are prayer and fasting. No matter what leg of this journey you're in, and here's the thing, you don't know what leg of the journey you're in. 
because you don't know if you're in the middle of the story, if you're towards the end of the story, or if you're at the very beginning. But no matter what leg of the story that you're in, prayer and fasting are resources that you always want to collect. And I heard a um, sigh in the spirit. I heard someone say, hmm, that was not what I thought she was going to say. <laughs> Somebody was looking for something a little bit more um, exciting than that. But that is, that, those, that's fireworks right there. Prayer and fasting are resources you always want to be picking up. For this, I do want to go to Matthew 17, starting at verse 14. Matthew 17, starting at verse 14, the King James Version. If, by chance, going to a bunch of scriptures throws you off and it makes it hard for you to focus, don't go there. Just put it in your phone and go there later. I don't want to disrupt the flow. But if you have the ability to go there, let's go there together. And like I said, King James Version. Matthew 17, verses 14. And this is how we understand the importance of the resources of prayer and fasting. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often to the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. That feels like, bring him here. That, that, Jesus was like, oh, bring him here. Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. They came, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall see, say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it, I'm going to use that. Remove hence to yonder place. Yes, I'm using that tomorrow. Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. How be it this kind goeth out not but by prayer and fasting. So he was telling them, you didn't get your resources. Because he wasn't asking them if they were praying and fasting. Because if you had been praying and fasting, this would have come out. But because you have not been praying and fasting, when, you got when it came time for you to reckon with that particular demon, who it said in the top was a lunatic and sore vexed, that kind comes out by prayer and fasting. You didn't get your resources. So that's why I was saying a few moments ago about how you get to the next level that you've been praying to God to take you to, and then you get confronted with that demon that you don't know how to deal with because you didn't pray and fast in the last season. That was that message saying, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, I'm not asking you if you did. I'm telling you that you didn't because if you did, you would have been able to handle this. So this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. We as a people have to understand that if you don't collect these resources, it's still coming. It just makes you ill-equipped to be able to handle it. So if you don't collect the resources of prayer and fasting, they're still the, the enemy's still coming for your children. It just makes you ill-equipped on the coverage that was needed for them. And if you don't pray and fast and collect these resources, 
that goon on your job, that goon and like that, that fear that's been coming, trying to come for you, it's still coming. It just makes you unable to be able to handle it. And so prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting are essential um, resources both for the moment that you're in. It keeps you grounded. It keeps your, your flesh in check. It keeps you in communion with your father. But then also it sets you up for the next level. I was reminded of, um, in the year was 2000, and I was 13, and so I just said my age because I'm 36. Um, I was 13, and my sister was 15, and I remember that my mom was on a 40-day fast, and um, she had been fasting, and I'm like a teenager, so I don't, I mean, I understand fasting. I watched her do it, but I didn't, you know, she was fasting. I wasn't fasting. Um, and I remember in the days leading up to the end of her fast, she learned that we all learned that my father was murdered. And most of you guys have heard this story before. My father was murdered and I was 13 and my parents were not married at the time. Um, they had divorced years before that, but my mom had been fasting in the days leading up to that very tragic moment. And I can't help but think about the fact that God probably didn't tell her, like, Jackie, I need you to fast because something's about to happen and tragedy's about to strike your, your children and I need you to fast. I just believe that because she understood that these resources of prayer and fasting are essential and they're standard and they're the gimmies, that she was just doing that out of obedience to God. And then that means that when the tragedy came, she was positioned spiritually to be able to help her daughters through what was going to be one of the darkest moments of their lives because she had been praying and fasting. And I'm just afraid that there are people in this room who when we call a fast, you're like, I don't know. I might be a part of it. And when we call prayer, you're like, I don't know why well, I have other things to do. So that what, what happens is you're not getting the resources and getting the sustenance that you need to be able to handle what's going to be in front of you, what you're going to be confronted with. Prayer and fasting are resources that you are always collecting, meaning that you pray on your own. You pray here. You fast here. You fast on your own. I just left the fast this week. Thank you, Jesus. Because when God says you do it, you do it. Why? Because one, it's obedience, but then two, it's a resource. And I don't need to ever go to reach for something and don't have it when it was available for me to get it's better to what, what your parents always say, you pack extra underwear and pack extra whatever you're going. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Amen. So I just need to make sure that these resources are always in my backpack so that I have them when I need them. Amen. Amen. So prayer and fasting are um, your first set of resources. The second... Um, resource, which is it's now the notes get wonky. So just follow me. It's not quite bulleted like I like. Um, the second resource that we should all be collecting, no matter what phase of the journey that we're in, is maturity. You should be collecting maturity. Maturity is the state um, or fact of being mature. When you are mature, you're fully developed, you're full grown. Maturity does not come with age. Maturity comes with collecting your resources. People who have lived experience, who have collected their resources, those are the mature. 
you, there are people who are very old who are not mature. There are people who are very young who are not necessarily immature. Why? Because there are people who choose to, through their lived experiences, collect the appropriate resources and it matures them. And then there are people who choose to waste time in the moment, whine through the moment, weep through the moment, and therefore they are not matured by the situation because they don't choose to collect the appropriate resources that would mature them in that moment. Right, Mike? Right. So I want to touch on a few, um, a few different kinds of maturity that you should be getting as you're going through your story. The first I'm going to sum it up as like, well, before I do that, I want to go to Apostle Paul and just remind you that he tells us when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. He was speaking about maturity. I just I always want to make sure I give him his due on that. The first type of maturity that you should be collecting is more like general maturity. So you can put in your notes general maturity or you can put like adulting. So as you're going through your life story and as you're going through your different levels, you should be collecting some general maturity. What does that look like? Okay. So God reminded me, and, and you might be saying, okay, well, where are we going with this? And why are we going to talk about maturity? Because you have been praying to God, get me out of here. Get me out of here. I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready to get past this. I'm ready to be past part of the story. And so the answer came in today's message that you're supposed to be maturing and you're not. So that's why it's coming up in this message. Because you was like, you was just on prayer and fasting. Now you're at maturity because God is coming down your road. He's saying, listen, I'm not moving you till you mature. So if you're wondering what's holding the things up, it's you. You're not maturing. So he reminded me of um, my husband and I um, and our home buying process. And we decided in like 2010 that we wanted to be homeowners. And we built and bought our first home in 2021. That's if you do the math. <laughs> That is 11 years of, of journey and story. And I will tell you that um, it did not take us 11 years to come up with a down payment. That is not what took so long. What took so long, and again, write this down. I think I'm, I'm, I'm touching on somebody in the room. What took us so long was, one, our income was not the greatest. We talked about that being broke, 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 broke. Um, broke, broke, broke. Um, so our income was not the greatest. And that's something that just can kind of, that, that's, yes, you can do things to increase your income, but that just happens usually with time. Like you get different experiences, you build up your resume, you get different promotions, like that, that, that's that. Um, so that's working in the background is just us building up our income. But then also what's working is him working on us and how we think about money. Because we didn't have a lot of good respect for money. Especially when you don't have money, you don't really respect money that much. Some of us, maybe some of y'all do. But we, I'll speak for us. We didn't really respect money that much. And so, and then we had come from other relationships where money was definitely not respected. And so it was like, we bringing that in here. And nobody, nobody respects money. Nobody's paying bills on time. Nobody has respect for credit utilization. Like, it's just, we're just not working. And so in those 11 years, not only was he increasing us with the income, but he was also teaching us how to respect money. 
and how to spend money and how to pay our bills on time. And I remember we got to a point where even when we had the right money, we still weren't paying our bills on time. And I remember looking at them and being like, why are we still paying our bills on time? Like we, like, we actually have the money, but we just don't do it. And it had become so ingrained in us to just not pay our bills on time that, like, we saw the day it was due and just knew, Psh, I ain't paying that day. Like, we just knew, like, it was just, like, second nature that we just wasn't doing it. But he was spending that time teaching you, teaching us to pay your bills on time and not overspend. God, they don't like this. They're like, they did not come here for this today. Pay our bills on time and not overextend ourselves. He was working on us. And then we go to our relationship, and we loved each other. We've always loved each other, but we haven't always been, we haven't always handled each other the way that we needed to handle each other. So then there was, like, kind of, like, reckless words that was coming out of his mouth and my mouth. We wasn't cussing each other out, so don't go run and tell that. But we wasn't necessarily always handling each other with the love that we needed to handle each other with. And so God was working on that. And you might say to yourself, well, what does love and handling your spouse right have to do with buying a home? A lot. Because God said, I'm not, you're not going to take that into the house that I build. So I'm going to have to work some of that out so that you can get mature and be, have a mature relationship before you get into the house that I am going to build for you. So why am I saying all of this? Because I feel like God is, is literally parked right here. And thank you for being with me because you know I couldn't do it myself. He's literally sitting right here and saying, you've been asking What's taking so long? You've been asking, what am I supposed to be doing in this season? Well, you're supposed to be praying and fasting. But you've been asking, what am I supposed to be gaining in this season? You're supposed to be letting these situations mature you. You're supposed to be able to be learning from these things. There, there, there are things to be gained in this moment that you're not gaining. But here's the opportunity to see what you should be gaining, which is maturity. That's one. Um, general maturity. That's like adulting. Then there is Professional maturity. Professional maturity. So for those of you who are on that job and don't understand why you've been on that job for so long, and for those of you who are on that, who are waiting for your next big break, and maybe I just need to just throw the whole thing away and be an influencer. I don't know. Like that, that, that might be people in that room who are in that space. There is professional maturity that you're supposed to be gaining in this process. I remember... Um, because we want to collect all the resources. Because I want to just go back. He said that he wants to do a thorough work. And the problem with society is today is that there are too many people who are okay with being incomplete. Amen. There are too many people who are rushing to, get the, to get the, um, be the first to take it to market. That you don't care that it's stuff that's, that's not right about it. I, and I'm, I, I digress. But I have been reading articles online. They got so many typos. And I'm like, when... I'm like, when did media get to have typos like this? But I know what it was. You wanted to be the first one to get the beat and get it out, so you didn't even read through your stuff to make sure that it was grammatically correct because you, you can say you had the first one to release that they was going to the nets. But you didn't read it to even see if it made good sense. God is saying that there are too many people, including people in this room, who are happy with just an incomplete work as long as this is as long as it's produced. And he's saying, I don't want I don't want that for you. 
I don't want that for TMC. I don't want that for people who are connected to this ministry. That's why I'm taking the time, and Portia's taking the time and being a, a microphone for me to tell you that there's things that you need to be collecting and doing in this part of your season so that there can be complete, thorough, lacking nothing, complete in your faith type of believer. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now I'll go back to where I was. Professional maturity. So for those of y'all who are like, when did I get to leave this job? When you get what you're supposed to get. So, um, I, I, uh, <laughs> I used to work for a company. I won't say their name because I'm going to say not good things about them, so I won't say their name. Um, but they were terrorists. They were like, they were terrorists. They were terrorists and they were racist. And they, they terrorized you with their racism. Like they would, they would do, they, they provoked you to say something crazy so they could say that you said something crazy. Like they were, that, it was that kind of job. And I have never felt so on edge as to do I say it? Do I not say it? What are they gonna say about me? Like it was, it was, it was exhausting. And um, I remember getting to the point where I would cry to work, cry going to work. I remember my husband could tell you, and he probably will when he get a microphone again, that I was like, let's do the math. If I quit the job, because I don't want to quit a job without a job, but if I quit the job without a job, where would that, you know, like, we was, like, looking at the spreadsheet, like, where would that put us? Like, it would be, how bad would it be if my income just fell off? For, I don't know, for an unforeseeable time. Like, it was, it was that kind of bad. And I remember um, talking to Pastor Wanzel, who also is one of my very good friends, and he was like, boss, you're not going to be able to leave this job until you get what you need to get from it. And I was like, I forget him. I'm going to leave this job today. But real talk, what he said was true. And I, I sat back and I said, okay, God, you have me here for such a time as this. You have me here for this reason. What am I supposed to be getting from this? What am I supposed to be gaining? How is this supposed to be maturing me? What, and then also, not just what am I supposed to be getting, what am I supposed to be giving to this situation? How am I supposed to be contributing in this moment, despite how they're making me feel? And he, he taught me how to hold my peace and let him be my peace when there were people who were trying to, like, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Like, you're literally saying that to see if I'll slap you. And I'm, and I'm about to make a believer out of you that I really am an angry black woman. Like, I, like, it was, but he taught me to hold my peace. He taught me to let him be my peace. He taught me how to um, go when you don't like it. He taught me how to go and not just go and be there, but smile and to contribute work product and to operate at a high level, even when you know that the people who are in your, who are in your corporation are trying to undermine you. Like, he taught me these things. And so... I'm saying that in this moment, and it doesn't feel like a very much like a church message, I guess, but he's trying to teach you some things in that environment that you're in. 
And as long as you are wasting time or whining through it, you're not going to get exactly what you need to get from a resource perspective so that you can go to the next level. Because now I'm at a place where I love my job. It was a job I always prayed for. But it still be some of that behavior happening there. But it's like I've seen that before. And I actually am able to help people who are, like, losing it and spazzing out and, like, all the others. I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay. Let me help you. This is the – it's – it, he has helped me to be able to now be able to handle what I have right now and what will be coming as well because you, you want to have more, but you continue to fly really low and you continue to deal with a lot of, you, you stay like in the minutiae of the, the gossip and the, everything that happened at your job. But that, that's what God is trying to teach you, mature you professionally so that you'll be ready for the next level. Amen? Okay. So, we're collecting prayer and fasting. Those were the gimmies. We already knew that. We are going to also be collecting maturity in these times that we're in. We're going to be collecting that general adulting kind of maturity. We're going to be collecting some professional maturity. And then, lastly, we are going to be collecting spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. The best example for this is Jesus. He's always hashtag goals. So we are going to go quickly, I'm almost done, to Luke chapter 22, verse 39. And if you have the ability to flex to the New King James Version, do that. Luke 22, verse 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his, his disciples also followed him. Him is Jesus we're talking about. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from, the, from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. So why did I take us back to the garden so I can wrap up this sermon? Because that is the most pivotal, most iconic, like if you think about like cinema, like that's the scene that is like it for us as believers as we think about having to become spiritually mature. Because you're talking about a Jesus, you're talking about a Savior who was born to die, and he knew that, who was now at a place where he was having to be confronted with the very death on the cross that he knew he came to do. And he is having a moment where it's like, if you could, like, I love them, I really do. But if you can, like, make this happen in any other fashion other than this, like, let's do that. Like, let's, let's do that. But then he comes back to himself and says, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So you will get to a point in your story, if you have not already, where you have to have this kind of garden moment where you say, I don't agree with this part of the story, I don't like this part of the story. I would not have written this story this way. I have seen you, God. I was telling Pastor Tina the other day, I think what makes it especially hard for us is I've seen you write other stories very differently. So now I have a point of reference for how you could handle this if you wanted to handle it that way. 
I know that you're able. That's not the question I have. I never, that's not my question. It is that I know that you're able. <laughs> and the fact is, you're not. So this is where the rubber meets the road, and you have to determine if I want to peak and go to spiritual maturity, which is to say, not my will, but your will be done. And I want to say this as I'm closing, and you guys can, you know, do your thing as I'm closing. I want to say that God is very intentional. And he wanted us to, he's very intentional with the timing of a message. He's very intentional with the actual message. And he didn't have me just stand up here on this Sunday just to say Portia preached that Sunday. He had, he has instruction for all of us. And he wants to make sure that He wants to make sure that y'all are getting it, that I am getting it, and that we are not wasting time, and that we are being effective in the moment that we're in, and that we are collecting what we need to collect, and that we're giving what we need to give. And if you don't get to a point, say it differently, get to the point where you are okay with your part of the story. Get to the point where you are okay with saying to God, this is not how I would have planned for this to work out. This is not how long I would have liked to have been at this place. This is not even a place I would have asked to be in. But since I'm here, I believe that there are resources for me to collect. Since I'm here, I believe that there is activity for me to be done because you said that there's a time and season for every activity under, under the sun. I believe that there's something I'm supposed to be gaining from this moment. And I want to be able to take on the posture of Jesus and say, nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. I'm sorry. Um, I believe that there are people in this room who are giving up on God. And you're not saying it because you're still coming. But you are. You are slowly waning away. And you're slowly deciding that, like, I'll still, I'll still go because they told me that they need me to greet. But I don't. I don't trust him with me anymore. I don't trust him with me anymore. Because he, I thought he was going to do something different. But God is saying to me, he's saying to you, I am the author and finisher of your faith. I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. And I know every detail. And I worked out every detail according to my will. And you don't have to like my will to trust it. If you stand to your feet. God, we come before you. 
not who we pretend to be, but who we really are and just lay ourselves at your feet. And we say the stuff that you're not supposed to say in church, which is that I don't trust this anymore. I don't know what you're doing. And we say that honestly so that you can respond with, first of all, I love you. God loves you. I love you. And I've never lost control of your life. I have you. And every part of your story has a purpose. And I just need you to settle yourself. Stop being mad at me and settle yourself. Stop fighting me and settle yourself. And know that every part of your story I have a plan for. Stop yielding to the pain and start seeking me for the plan. Because there's something that is bigger and greater for this moment and in the moments to come. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.